It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. You know, there have been times in my life that I would describe as God said moments versus um, just do it moments. I think back to when I was still in the military. I had trusted Christ as my Savior, and uh, I was in the military. I was serving the Lord. I got out of the military, um, and I was working at a hardware store part-time and just trying to figure out what to do with my life as a new Christian. And it was a Friday night, and I went to a Friday night church service. We had a week-long Bible conference. And that night, in that sermon, I had a God-said moment. It was unmistakable to me. It was so clear to me that God was leading me in that moment to go ahead and begin preparing for the ministry to go to Bible college. And it was such a confident leadership from God and such a confident moment that I just went down in just a couple of days and quit my job and never looked back and have been going ever since. Now, That wasn't the only God said moment I've ever had in my life. I actually noticed that it seems to take place at intervals of major decisions. Now, there's the daily decision making and just doing the right thing and what the scripture tells us. But there are those times in life where we need and God gives us those God said moments. Here in Acts chapter 13, the early church, our forefathers, experienced a God-said moment at a very crucial time in the church. This is the launch of the church's first missionary journey. Um, Really, this is where the church goes from being a regional movement to an international movement uh, to the ends of the earth and into all the world. And in Acts chapter 13 and verse 1, it gives us the setting and the launch of this movement. It says, Now there was in the church that was at Antioch, Certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Spirit, departed to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. So here we have the church that really has shifted its headquarters from Jerusalem um, to Antioch in Syria. And you see this gathering in this description of these church elders, and it names six of them. And a very kind of mixed group culturally and in other ways. And these six men set aside time to pray. It calls it ministering to the Lord. They were worshiping, they were fasting, they were praying. And it was in this moment when they prayed that the Spirit said to them, I want you to commission Barnabas and Saul to take my word outside of this region to the ends of the earth. Now, that was God's plan all along because in Acts 1.8 it said, you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost or to the ends of the earth. But what I love about this, in such a major, major undertaking of the church, God did not leave it to chance. And it says that when they were sent, it says, so they being sent forth by who? Not by the church, but by the Holy Spirit. 
Now, was it the church at Antioch that was sending them? Absolutely. Was it the result of, of these human effort and seeking God? Absolutely. But the result is what I want you to notice here. It was a result of going forth with great confidence. Why? Because in this moment, there was really no room for second guessing. There was no room for questioning. It was a God said moment, not a just do it moment. Man, I know, as I said, in those critical junctures in my life, God has given me those God said moments. I mentioned that call to go and prepare. But even before that, when I was in the military, I was sitting in a Sunday school class and through the Sunday school lesson, that's when God told me really a God said moment to get out of the military. I think about praying about whether to come to fellowship or not. That was a God said moment in my life. And so there are those moments when God just wants it to be super clear. He doesn't want any room for questioning because ultimately what he wants in those times is us to go forth with confidence, with kind of unwavering confidence. They were sent forth by the Holy Spirit. There was no doubt in their souls as to what they were doing. So here we see the vital place of prayer in the leadership of the Lord. You see, it's in prayer and it's in those moments where God literally tunes our heart to hear him more clearly. I think there's a lot of noise in life. I think most of us are, are doing good to serve the Lord and read our Bible and pray and just deal with all of the, the busyness and the responsibilities of life. And it's in those times, those moments, those seasons of prayer where God takes and he kind of tunes our heart. He tunes out the noise he tunes us into him and his spirit, and he quite literally tunes our heart to hear his voice, to hear him speak to us. Now, that's not a spooky thing. It's not a thing that's ever contrary to his word. It's just God's spirit speaking to our spirit in a way that we know we have been spoken to. And that's what God is doing here. And so, man, the church, this practice of seasons of prayer, it was nothing new to them. Man, it was in Acts chapter 2 as that first group was gathered together, that God praying that God fulfilled the prophecy had given to Joel about the Spirit coming universally on all believers. In Acts chapter 4, after a moment of persecution, they gathered together for a prayer meeting that was so powerful that the place was literally shaken where they were assembled together and they were filled with the Spirit. And here we are in Acts chapter 13 where the church continues this practice of prayer and gathering where God launches this vital missionary movement that every one of us have been the benefactors of as the Word of God has gone into all the world and finally found a place in our hearts and others. You see, it was just the habit of the early church. It's our habit today. Um, our leadership at Fellowship, every Tuesday we gather for what we call staff meeting. Staff meeting is a review of the week. It's a planning for what's ahead. It's a time of working things out and what we're going to do. But I love that before we ever meet in the staff meeting, we meet in the prayer meeting. You see, we meet in the auditorium first and we have a 30 minute season of prayer before we switch and go over uh, to the meeting room and have the staff meeting. You see, the staff meeting is always preceded by the prayer meeting. Why is that? Because we want God to tune our hearts to hear so that we can have confidence that while we're talking, while we're discussing, while we are planning, that we have prepared our hearts to be in the right place to know what we ought to do. Now, I understand 
that prayer can be a challenge for all of us, a challenge of feeling adequate, a challenge of finding time, a challenge of dealing with the disruptions. I think one of the most challenging things we can do as believers is set aside time for prayer. So prayer can be challenging. But you know what? Prayer does not have to be complicated. Don't overcomplicate prayer. I uh, like a little acrostic that I use for prayer. Now, a lot of you, if you've been a Christian long, you've probably heard of an acrostic for prayer called ACTS, A-C-T-S. ACTS means acknowledge the Lord, who He is. Some call it adoration. C is confession of our own sin and getting things out of the way that might hinder. And then T is thanksgiving. It's giving God thanks for all He's done in our life. And then S is supplication and intercession. That's the asking part. I think ACTS is a good acrostic, but I don't do ACTS. I change it around and And I do cats. Now, it's not because we have two cats in our house and I'm a great cat lover. I do cats because in my heart and mind and study of scripture, I think confession needs to come first. So I begin with C-A-T-S. C is cats. I'm confession. Uh, What do I confess? I confess my sins. I confess things that are hindrance to my walk with God. I confess my laziness. I confess maybe my moments of outbursts that weren't the right thing. So I begin with confession, examination of my heart. Then I move on to acknowledging God. Man, I just acknowledge who He is. He's my Creator. He's my Lord. He deserves my sacrifice. He deserves my surrender. It's in Him I live and I breathe and I have my being. Uh, It's in Him I'm able to have health and strength. And you know what? I just take time to acknowledge that God is, is worthy of my attention. He's worthy of my focus. And then after that time of acknowledging the Lord in adoration, then I go to thanksgiving. I thank the Lord for my family. I thank Him for my wife. I thank Him for the awesome church He allows me to be a part of. I thank Him for my brothers and sisters in Christ that are such an encouragement to me. Hey, I thank Him for health and strength to serve Him. I thank Him for my calling. I thank Him for my house. I thank Him for my car. I thank Him for my food. Whatever I can think of, there's nothing wrong to thank God for. It's only wrong not to thank God, right? And by the way, an ungrateful heart is the first step in apostasy or forgetting God, according to Romans chapter 1. And so thanksgiving is, to me, the highest level of worship we can offer to the Lord. And so it deserves a vital place in our prayer. So confession, acknowledging God, thanksgiving, and then I get to supplication. Supplication simply means asking. Asking for me and asking for others. That technically is intercession, but it's all part of supplication. And so, um, you see, prayer doesn't have to be complicated, and prayer can follow a pattern. Now, that's just a pattern that's easy for me. Cats, C-A-T-S. I don't have to think about it. I just kind of work through that. And prayer doesn't have to be long. I mean, the disciples prayed for an hour. Uh, Jesus prayed for an hour as they uh, waited on him in Gethsemane. But I don't know that it has to be long. It may be good to set aside some long seasons of prayer. But you know what? Reality is... Um, The only wrong way to pray is to not pray. And so prayer can follow a pattern. It doesn't have to be complicated. I know it's a challenge, but you know what prayer results in? Prayer results in confident decision making. As they, when they prayed, it says they were sent forth by the Holy Spirit. You see, they weren't sent forth wondering if it was the right thing to do. They went forth with a confidence in their heart that this is what God wanted them to do. It was a God said moment, not just a just do it moment. So, you know, 
I think something that I want to challenge you about, a practical application of this, is I want you right now, as soon as you get done hearing this, I want you to set aside 10 minutes to pray. 10 minutes to pray. Hey, if you say, well, I don't know that I can last 10 minutes. Well, here's what you do. Two and a half minutes used for confession. Two and a half minutes used for acknowledging God. Two and a half minutes used for gratitude. And then two and a half minutes ask for requests. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. The 10 minutes is going to end before your requests end. And you're going to find yourself praying well into those 10 minutes. So right now, set aside 10 minutes to do nothing but pray. Now, I want to warn you. Satan's going to distract you immediately. Someone's going to need your attention that didn't need it before. Your phone is going to ring. Some kind of pop-up is going to happen. You're going to, something's going to happen, but don't let the distraction win. You say, Pastor Mike, I don't even know how to get away from the distractions. I'm going to tell you a trick I learned a long time ago. Go to the bathroom. Shut the door. No one ever bothers anyone in the bathroom except little kids. They'll bother you anywhere. There's no sacredness with them, right? Go into the bathroom and shut the door. You say, well, I'm at work. Well, do you get a 15-minute break at work? You get a break time? I used to love my break times when I was a new Christian, man. I would go into the bathroom there in the military. I'd pop out my little Gideon New Testament. I'd read a few verses, and I would pray. Take 10 minutes right now and pray. You know, we need a whole lot more God-said moments in our life than just do it moments. They're both important. They both have a place. But you know what? God wants to tune our heart to hear his voice. And that's what he wants to do in our prayer. So the word for today is this. Don't delay, just pray. Take 10 minutes right now and pray. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.